I do not take anything seriously when they do that. <laughs> so lame. So uh, stupid. Like, who do, what do you, who do you think I am? Like, I didn't go to eighth grade? It's Wednesday, December 9th, and you're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news headlines and all the gossipy hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, who can't join us today, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, Aaron? What's up, man? It's going pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to hear it. I had a late night. I uh, I hear you had a late night too. I stayed up after watching uh, the Cowboys lose and played some video games. Nice, nice. Yeah, man. Turns out we were playing the same video game on I, yes, different, platforms on different platforms at the same and, time. And I never play these days, and you've been wanting to get together, so now I feel bad. No, I also told you that I never play these days because of the whole workout thing I was right. doing. Yeah, so I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, exactly. What's in the news, man? Yeah, dude. Uh, the first one I wanted to bring up was this ridiculously high. So the AirPod Max, um, Apple's new headphones was trending yesterday. And people like the very first thing you see is people reacting to the price. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's probably going to be like as much as those Bose quiet comfort, you know, yeah, like people what, that have been three, doing it forever. Yeah, 350 like bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money, right? I would react that way. But yeah, you pull it up. And this article in CNN Business says Apple's new headphones cost about half a Peloton bike. Holy, what? <laughs> yes. Aren't those like 1200 or they're expensive? Yeah, yeah. The, the headphones are $550. Gut-wrenching $550. Get out of here. I'm already offended enough at the Beats and the, the Bose to never buy them. That is yeah. absurd. So get this. So half a Peloton bike or it's more than an iPhone SE. I. Yeah, I have no words. It's more than the top of the line for the top competitors, right? Those the boys, no, boys, Bose noise canceling ones. Yeah, like the highest end that I've seen for for. And I'm not saying they aren't high quality headphones. I I doubt that I would even be able to notice a discernible difference between those and say the thirty five dollar ones I own, which are great. But five fifty, come on. Yeah. But people will buy these in troves because it has an Apple brand on it. And I'm sure they're Man. pretty. They nail pretty all the time. See, I thought that. I mean, you're probably right. You're probably right. But this just seems insanely unreasonable. I'll bet it doesn't include a charger, too. <laughs> but that's for the environment. <laughs> moving on. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, moving on. What else we got here? <laughs> what else we got here? Oh, uh, you know, so. You know what? We're, we're not going to move on that fast because I, I saw. <laughs> I saw the title for the AirPod Max. I saw this floating around. I don't usually click through on links like that. I, I honestly, I don't care because it just, apparently it irritates me. But um, I was expecting, I was fully expecting to be like, eh, it's another $350 pair of headphones. It's fancy. It's a, it's a top line brand, like totally normal. Somehow, Apple took something that is offensively expensive as a luxury device and made it more absurdly irritating. Yeah. Like I, I was ready to just defend a 350 for Apple. Be like, whatever. They can they can pretend to be or be another Bose or another Beats. It's fine. I don't care. But no, no, they're coming way over the top and probably doing nothing all that fancy except for an ooh. Is that what they look like? Yeah, I was about to hate on them because I thought it was not over the ear, which is less effective for noise canceling. So I wanted to like look up a picture real quick. No. Yeah, I thought they I were on I don't like that design. Yeah, I don't look weird. I, it looks I take like back the chair. All the pretty parts. It looks like the um 
what's that office chair the famous office chair anyway whatever oh ha, yeah with that mesh top. top i yeah. wonder i'll bet it's comfortable i'll give him that but I, i'm not crazy about that look Mm-mm. i think i'm drawn more to uh like a classic um like a retro style over the year though well, so i'm we'll probably see. a pretty bad measure of whether or not something like this looks good it's interesting the way you say that classic because i was about to say these kind of look like maybe um like radio operator headphones from the fifties or something like that. Yeah. The way, like the, the paddles on the side kind of deal. Yeah. I so I think that, like but those, me. those paddles don't, nah, I, I don't get that vibe, but who yeah. knows, maybe, it, maybe I haven't looked at those headphones in a long time. Anyways, yeah. I'm not crazy about that look either. So way to go, Apple. You ruined my morning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on. What else we got? So uh starship SN eight, which I discovered this morning actually stands for serial number. Yeah, I didn't know so, what SN stood for. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, so it was funny. Like I was listening to our podcast from some Monday. Gosh, this week seems long already. Um, I wasn't sure what the SN stood for, but I like, totally just, I don't know if I wasn't paying attention or what, but I missed when you and Russ got off on why they already have the SN 9 and 10 and stuff like that. Um, I don't think it's super common in the rocketry and space space. Uh, space space. Um, because they tend to be even more highly specialized and they're not usually going to be producing and selling as many units as, say, an aircraft, right? But it's super common in the aerospace industry to uh, basically do design and production simultaneously. So when you're doing that, you basically have break-ins for whatever technology engineering change, and they will take it as close to the thing's going to go to the launch pad as possible, um, within reason, they usually go through committees do you, do you depending mean? on what kind of change it is. But like SN9 is going to be really similar to SN8, but it's going to have parts and engineering changes, some really big in some cases, depending on what's happened in the development sequence, and some really small could just be an extra fastener or a radius block in a certain place, that kind of thing. So it's, it's not unusual to have uh, effectively the same tail number, right? Um, right, right, sort of chasing behind it, but the the changes can actually be pretty considerable because of how it's being developed and produced. What do you mean by that? Like the parts well, are interchangeable, or they they have there could be ninety percent of it together, and then uh, at the last minute they want to change things based possible, on possible. But it it's actually being developed constantly. So you say there's a a spar hmm. or or a, more you know, a structural element that's going on in the the wingtip up at the top of this rocket right yeah and somebody finds a more efficient way to do it or they realize because of a failure on sn5 they finally found a more efficient or effective engineering fix that requires harnessing to be rerouted differently so sn9 gets a hole in a bulkhead that sn8 didn't have i gotcha um that makes more or, sense. Or, you know, it, it goes, it does three hops, and one of those harnesses is wearing faster than another harness, so it gets an extra grommet or a different style of grommet, those kinds of things. So those are, really, those are examples of really small changes. Other could be major changes, could be um, they've been researching and developing a process for producing a lighter, stronger particular structure in the, in the, the aircraft, but because of how immature that technology is, they have to get through certain gates on testing. And then the break-in tail number, which I'm assuming is still what they call the SN8, SN9, right? Um, 
SN9 would be the first one that gets the break-in of that process as an example. Gotcha. So uh, you, you actually have some substantial changes potentially between those aircraft. And then I, I honestly don't know, I don't know, maybe you've run into it, but I'm not sure how many of these they're planning on producing. Part of the reason they do that too is that when, when development stops, I'm going to put that in big air quotes because it really doesn't on platforms like this. Um, the, the SN9, SN10, SN11, they could be really, really similar, but they're, they're, more production worthy and they're already building at rate speeds which makes them more efficient for delivery at scale gotcha this is how it works in aerospace right Uh, the f-35 program which was really neat to see sort of grow up because i i think the first time i worked at lockheed martin was in 2005 but watching it go from literally aa1 the very first tail number for an f-35 aircraft which is so dramatically different from even the next conventional takeoff version, A1, um, because so many major processes were changed. The likeness of AA1, the first aircraft for in the F-30, that, it, that was an F-35, to like what's being produced today, which has got to be in the, it's probably close to 200s, if not in the 200s now, um, th- there's probably like 76% change. Like, oh, wow. like, I mean, with the biggest one in AA1, they actually did a single wing piece. So they produced the left and right wings and they did them all on this giant fixture. That never got used again. They did not produce another aircraft with that wing design. So it's, it's it. the running joke was that the first F-35 built wasn't even an F-35, right? Yeah. Did you get to uh, take the wing home and put it on your wall? Did you work on <laughs> yeah. it? <laughs> yeah. But I did get to design an uplock <laughs> fuse pin. <laughs> Sure. I actually had a I had a part that I got to uh, design and test for the for AA1. It was the left it. landing gear, and it was a fuse pin that uh, <laughs> these are the these are like fun little engineering things, right? They they had a known force fight condition between the uh, landing gear hydraulics and force fight. Uplock. Sorry, you're using a lot of different. I, words. I know you I'm, said an, something I'm about like it. a so resonant block, the, and then now the you're landing about- <laughs> gear, the landing gear hydraulics. So what opens the the bay to the landing gear or closes them, right? Very very powerful hydraulic systems, and the uplock, which is a mechanical system that locks that that door in place. They had a known condition that had not been fixed and was not going to be fixed until further down the road where the uplock needed to lose if the landing gear was trying to, to open. So I built a fuse pin for the uplock so that mm. when the when the uh, the hydraulic system went off, if they got into a fight condition like uplock versus hydraulics yeah. you the hydraulics that... would would rip the fuse pin in half is a titanium pin is a really fun part and it would rip it in half it would it would break it um and and the door would therefore open so so then, then the just... therefore is you built something that was designed to break absolutely right? anybody yeah. that builds fuses and and it was the only part i designed for the f-35 so the only thing i designed for an f-35 was something that was designed to break <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's good though that's awesome and okay. they used one of them <laughs> let me uh, let me bring it back to this. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on this? They they hit uh, um, or said Raptor I, abort at one point three seconds left. I before, heard before really it took close off. to takeoff. So uh, yeah. apparently the engine failed to ignite. Right? 
for engines. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Well, one so, of uh, the three of them failed to. Ignite? Yeah, that's. I, I don't know exactly what the condition yeah. was, but uh, the one article I said didn't get into a lot of detail, or that I took the time to read, I should say, and it just said uh, it got really close there. And the engine engines, all of them, should have ignited by that time in the launch sequence, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so they they backed off, or they saw something you know, from a measurement perspective that would have prevented a safe ignition perhaps. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's, it's a pity. It got so close. Okay. So tell me what this part is then, because they go on to say, so this is suborbital flight. They're just going to basically, it's just like the backyard rocket where you jump on the the uh, balloon and it shoots pressure down the tube and launches exactly the rocket the up and it comes back down. <laughs> yeah. I'm so on suborbital SN15. Flight. Yeah. Also don't take off. They split in half. The pressure doesn't work. It's a mess. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So it says it's uh, designed to test a number of objectives from how the vehicle's three Raptor engines perform. So there was there was one example of it not performing well to the overall aerodynamic entry capabilities of the vehicle. So I was reading about people, I'm reading about people, I was reading people talk about the concept of it shooting up, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15 kilometers up and then basically kind of doing a belly flop. And then I guess fixing itself with the flaps as cool. if it was entering into an atmosphere. That's really cool. Simulating that. I would guess. I don't know. Uh, since okay. the, the only stuff I played with were jets, really. I never yeah, I guess rockets, that's true. But um, I would that's assume true. so, right? The like a lot of these early uh, aircraft and uh, at, at Lockheed with the F thirty five program, we actually had different tail number designations for these kinds of test birds, right? So they they would have like a a one or or was it C C F one? So the, yeah. like conventional flying or that would be the carrier flying first flying aircraft. So production aircraft. Before that, they would have like C G one, and that that would be the carrier variant of the F thirty five G for ground test one. And that ground test bird goes through different things. Sometimes it's uh, you know static stress. Sometimes it's flight test uh, bird. So they might fly, but uh, but it's not going to be you know production worthy. Um, and then some ground tests in that case, actually live fire too. They fill it full of holes and then see how it performs kind of thing. Cause there, there are actually requirements for that. Probably Wait, not what? do those kinds of, they, 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 they build, they build aircraft that damaged. Do, well, they, no, they literally or they damage it. it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually they'll do multiple things with those birds. Right. So like a, a ground variant, they will do static testing as long as it's in static because it's not, uh, you know, maybe they just hang it in a big thing and they're, they're checking stresses on the, on different mm-hmm. parts of the aircraft. Um, that that may not damage parts uh, or shouldn't damage parts, and therefore they could use it as something like ground fire testing, where they put holes in it and then they they do certain stress tests before and after. Right? Um, they're probably not doing any kind of fire testing on rockets, but uh, but stuff like this, they, they'll have specific procedures they'll go through. But they'll also have an array of sensors throughout the rocket that may or may not be part of a production aircraft. I would guess a lot are not going to be there. For instance, they'll have strain gauges and all of the wiring for those strain gauges going back to like a, a computer that's actually collecting all that data. You, you don't need strain gauges on every spar, every bulkhead, every, you know, longeron in an aircraft. Longeron? It's flight worthy. It's the, they're the long ones that kind of go top to bottom, I guess would be. Okay. If you're thinking about a rocket, keel beam, stuff like that. But um, heel beams. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm learning a lot heel. about rocket surgery this morning. Rocket surgery. But um, I would guess that these are 
a raid with a lot of stuff like that. So when they mm-hmm. get them up into into those areas and they try to replicate those, they can probably just look and see that the aerodynamic properties in test are similar to or within the bands of the theoretical side. But I have no idea what tests they would actually be doing. Okay. Well, this one should be fun to watch. So it says SN8 will also attempt to perform a landing flip maneuver, which would be a what? first for the vehicle of this size. So what I imagine is you know, maybe you see this a different way, but I imagine the rocket going up, potentially turning around and starting to head back nose down, although I don't know if there's enough time for it to do this, and yeah. then getting it to right itself, right? Because the, the concept then is it's entering the atmosphere of, of Mars nose first and then uses its flaps to flip itself around and land on its tail. Yeah, I, I, I don't That'd know. Cool I'd be really see. curious to see what counts as a flip, right? Like, does it have to do a full 360? Is this a, it, it enters the atmosphere, the flaps are wrong, we... It might just be flat, actually, now that I say that. I don't know that it's a full, you know, a, a 180 up, right? from nose down to nose up, but mm. from what it sounds like, it goes up and then it's going to kind of go into a belly flop position. And then what they're going to try to do is is have it land upright. So That's otherwise cool. it turns no, into a know. massive uh, meteor. Man, some of those things that <laughs> they're just a meteor. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Mars. Um, oh, I, sorry, it, Earth. If it doesn't land right, yeah. Well, in this case, on the test, us. yeah, right. Yeah. Let's let's hope we fix it before we send one to Mars. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, funny. The article yeah, that's cool. pretty fascinating to see, though. Yeah, uh, I can only imagine how excited people are going to be when they successfully do that because these things are huge. The article closes out by SpaceX saying um, in this interview that they expect Starship's first orbital flight test won't come until next year. It's like, yeah, well, that's three weeks away. <laughs> right. I, well, and the way they say <laughs> that, it's like it won't happen until 2021. It's like, what? that's freaking yeah. awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that sentence should be amazingly there's their, their orbital yep. flight will have come in, you know, six months or something. That's crazy. All right. So watch for this uh, later this week. That'll be really cool. All right, what else we got here? Yeah, when's their next attempt? Do you know? So they were talking about today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're ready, it seems like, cool. right? It'll just be, hey, let's get everybody together. Let's do the thing. Let's figure out why the, the engine wasn't firing, and let's try it again. You know, Very power cool. it off, power back on. See if that fixed it. <laughs> All oh, right. man, and we missed a perfect segue. I forgot about this. Uh, our, uh, our late night video gaming alone. Um, Apparently, Destiny Two is going to support crossplay in twenty 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 one. Oh <laughs> also, yeah! Wait, what? Didn't occur For real? That's three weeks. Yeah, so it's coming next year. So you'll be able to play on PC, Xbox, and at the same time. So I, I, I wish Russ was on for this. We're going to have to bring it back up because, um, but the I think one of the rags on that has always been that a a console player with a joystick based approach is never going to be as efficient or effective as at least serious gamers on the PC. Yeah. So I wonder how or if they're going to level that stuff out or if it's no, just, it's just it a doesn't fact. matter. Go play with your friends. Have it's fun. just a fact. Yeah. Play <laughs> right. with your friends. Yeah. yeah Which yeah. I totally appreciate. I'm never going to be good at a FPS again at this rate. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> what do I care? What do I, what do awesome, I care if man. I have a keyboard or a, or a that's cool. Gosh, I can't that's even think cool. of a gamepad, right? Um, yeah, so that was neat. But uh, and then also in gaming news, um, apparently the the shortages for the PS5s and Nvidia's RTX 39 is that is Nvidia's right? No, or is that the AMD one? The RTX 3090. 
It's NVIDIA, right? Uh, NVIDIA, right? Yeah, I thought so. They're the RTX. Yeah. See? Need Rust to keep us keep us honest. I don't know. Um, My brain is not working, but I'm pretty sure that's NVIDIA. This will get for staying up late. Yeah, yeah GeForce. Yeah, it is. Okay. NVIDIA. Yeah, so that, that's their line. Anyways, apparently the shortages and, of course, the cost of these things out of the gate and then the doubling and tripling of said prices for the scalpers. We talked about all the bots and stuff. Well, the people that don't win with bots apparently are getting really daring on theft of these things. And so there are numerous reports worldwide of uh, like MSI's uh, facilities. So MSI is one of the manufacturers for the GeForce um, uh, cards, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one of their facilities was uh, thefted, <laughs> heisted. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, it was broken into and they stole a bunch of boxes out of that. Um, Is this the one already... in China where it was like $395,000 worth of video cards? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was MSI's facility in China. I've forgotten which country it was. Yeah. But, so that, that was stolen from. Um, they have a bunch of heists from like trucks, delivery trucks on highways where they're what? always coordinated. Apparently it's very similar assault, which is like, it, it sounds like it starts a lot like uh, some of the insurance fraud scams, you know, where you come and just brake check a truck. But basically they've got multiple vehicles that slow them down. It's like straight out of what? a movie. And what then somebody, somebody in? breaks in the back of the truck. And they were saying that that almost certainly requires insider information yeah. because you don't know which trucks have, you know, quantities and that sort of stuff and so, all the high-end gpus like how would you just know that just driving <laughs> right exactly down the highway? so and, and that reminds me of and one that was actually highlighted which was uh there are amazon warehouse facilities that have been tracked back to employees actually taking them out of boxes and repackaging the boxes with like pillows and random crap um <laughs> and and these are they, they said it's it, some of these are just really, really stupid heists because it will be so easy, effectively, to catch some of the people yes. on the inside that assisted. It's just a joke. But they said the Amazon ones are actually really interesting because it's extremely difficult to walk out of an Amazon warehouse with something like a PS5. I can imagine. Well, the, first but of all, they the PS5 think is it's huge. happening. Well, right. But yeah. they think it's happening... Uh, off the delivery trucks are in in certain parts of that process. So, so obviously, employees have figured out where they think there's a blind spot, and they're uh, they're stealing these things. And then, of course, they're going and scalping them in a lot of cases, especially if you're stealing tens, twenties. Uh, but uh, I, it's just it's just funny. Like it was a symptom I didn't think about for the shortages, which we discussed a lot, which just seems insane that they haven't figured out how many to produce out of the gate it may just be that they can't right like the the number of fabs might just not be able to keep up with demand and if it's only in waves at the beginning of a release of a new video card or a new uh, console then you you don't rebuild your facility just to deal with that peak dude that's wild though the one i gotta go find some of those ones where they're sealing them on the highway because i just i find a video I imagine people on sport bikes, you know, because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Black helmets. <laughs> yes, black helmets, sport bikes, pulling up, pulling an, uh, an 18 wheeler over, which is always hilarious because, I mean, you, you can't, it, whatever. Anyway. Uh, did you ever see the uh, that HBO show, McMillions, the documentary? I did not. No. Mm-mm. Oh, man. So it, it walks through, you, you should go watch it. But do you remember the, yeah. um, the, the uh, McDonald's? Um, Oh my gosh, the Monopoly. The Monopoly game, in, yeah, in the absolutely. 90s. Yes. Yeah, when I when I was a kid, man, I was so excited about 
that like Dude. totally 100% nailed that promotion. Then it turned into garbage. I, yeah, I think. this will this will wreck your recollection of what childhood <laughs> was, right? Like you have this nice fun memory of McDonald's probably, sure. right? As a kid, uh, yeah. maybe. I mean, sure. we didn't really ever go there, but yeah, it was it's rare. A, it's but a fun, I, yeah, it's a fun. It was place, positive. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, happy meals, all this kind of stuff. Sure. And you kind of think of it as like this, you know, positive, bright thing. And then there was always this, you know, this lottery sort of deal with the uh, monopoly stuff. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, this would be so much fun. And then you, and then you heard things come out in the news, like, oh, somebody won somebody and won gave away that million dollar thing, right? Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, to like, to uh, to like St. Jude's, you know, hospital or something like that. Right. And you're like, wow. And then you like truly believe in humanity. Dude, go watch this. It <laughs> oh, will no. blow your mind. I like, I don't need that. I don't want to tell you anything else. Anyways. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you it anything else. It doesn't sound like a positive ending. It's, I'm looking it's for wild. upsides here. Dude, not it's downsides. wild. It's yeah, wild. Go watch it. It, not it doesn't surprise me. McDonald's uh, <laughs> was always, um, it's, it is a fascinating business history. Like the business cases for how they built that empire is actually really, really curious. And it's a, in a lot of textbooks when you get into like um, not so much manufacturing, but like quality processes and how you scale business and stuff like that. Like I, I remember examples from McDonald's early days showing up in everything from like the process side of engineering science to um, you know, business accounting, right. And the way that they were doing all this stuff, uh, it does not surprise me that they found some way to make their brand image just look like gold while basically getting kids to gamble on French fries. So that's not even what it's about, dude. That's I, cool. I, but <laughs> I just closed the thing. I, I mean, I, I don't want to give too much of it away. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't give it away. That was just a speculation on my end. So no, well, just like, so the description of the show, the story of an ex cop turned security officer who rigs the McDonald's <laughs> monopoly. Cool. I'm going to stop there. I'm going to stop. Yeah. There. All right. Go watch right. it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you gonna have watch to it. watch it. Fine. Sure. I promise you will love it. Um, all right. So awesome. you can probably see my screen here, but I saw this article come up, you know, while we're talking about gaming and stuff, but 100. YouTube gaming had its best year ever with more than, and I was going to ask you how many hours watched you think there was in 2020. I can, I can see Just your watching screen, gaming so. stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can see it. 100 yeah. billion hours. What? I mean, I can't even wrap my head around that. I can't. It's. Yeah. I mean, and that's normal, right? Like those are numbers that we have no context for. It's hard for a, a human to imagine what a billion actually is compared to other numbers. A hundred billion. Yep. Nope. It can't says here. It. So the thing that. So there's a tweet in this article. It says globally there were over 100 billion hours of gaming content watched on YouTube. That's like traveling to Neptune and back 475,000 times. That's that is what? incredible. That still doesn't even put it in perspective for my brain no, to no, no, understand. No. That tuning oh. back 475,000 times. I feel like I may have already said this on the show, but it's always one of my favorite examples and it's totally Googleable. So go find it. But it it there is a, a great written example to try to help you wrap your head around how many possible combinations of a 52 card playing deck there are. Oh and yeah, dude. So, I, no, I've seen that. The, so the that assumption concept, is that there has never been the same deck twice. And there never will be. Yeah, exactly. And there never will be. And and go go Google that because the I, I might just find that one show and just read it verbatim, but it it includes stuff like imagine you're 
you're trying to understand, wrap your head around this. So every, every minute, which think there's a clock that's counting down to get from the number of combinations, you know, whatever times, whatever to a gajillion. Yeah. Every, every minute on that clock that goes down, you'll take one step. And for every time you go all the way around the equator of the earth, you will take one droplet out of the Pacific ocean. And by the time you empty the Pacific ocean, you take one grain of sand from from Mount Everest, and then you repeat. And Bro, you what are you do talking this. about? No, I'm serious. You need to read it. You, you will. You by the time Mount Everest is flat. Okay, oh, you I have, follow you, you now. Have, you and have the ocean is empty. Filled the oceans. And you've walked around the some equator billion number of times, right? Yeah. Mind you, you're just taking a step every minute, and and by the time like. I forget what happens after that, but it is this stack of absurdity, right? And then it'll be like, and then when you look at the clock, only the last four digits have changed. <laughs> the the <laughs> preceding 82 have not moved yet. And it's like, what? <laughs> so it's, Are it's you a relating that to the cards? Or are you just saying... No, that is the cards. That, so yeah, the yeah, number okay. of possibilities in a 52-card deck is so astronomically huge that you're, if you imagined a clock and, and a step per minute emptying the oceans and then one grain of sand at a time mm-hmm. leveling Mount Everest, by the time you had leveled Mount Everest, the clock would barely have moved. That's how many combinations there are. Like You can't wrap your head around how yeah. big this is. It's insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Okay, oh, uh, awesome. so top five. I would not have guessed these. Um, Minecraft, yes, that's that's the top one, wow. right? So in terms of the hundred billion Two, hours watched, two hundred and one billion billion. No, what? Views. Wow. Yeah. No, it says a hundred billion hours. Oh, two hundred one billion views. Okay, views. that's not time. Now it's in in no. numbers of views. Yeah. Yeah, that's Minecraft that's a number one infographic for that. Yeah, Roblox. It's a weird change. It is a weird Roblox. change. I'm asking for cons- just a little bit of consistency. Just a little consistency. Just a this little is now. Bit. This is now now like a graph with no axis labels. Like, right? Apple. Just come on. Come on. <laughs> I do not take anything seriously when they do that. <laughs> so lame. So stupid. Like who? Do, what do? You, who do you think I am? Like I didn't go to eighth grade. Come on. <laughs> Label your axes, or it's a zero. Yes. Yeah. You zero. get nothing. The nothing. slide means nothing. It means nothing. It means nothing. Okay. Anyway, wow. sorry. Uh, Minecraft and then Roblox, which is basically the same thing. And then Garena Free Fire, which I have no idea what that is. Nope. You know what that is? No, I don't know. I didn't know what Roblox was. Oh, yeah. Roblox is like, I mean, you've got uh, like uh, PUBG and Fortnite. It's like yeah. that. Oh, Minecraft okay. was is the PUBG and, and Roblox is the Fortnite or whatever. Something like that. Anyway, although <laughs> Fortnite became bigger than PUBG and Roblox is not as big as Minecraft, but Minecraft came first, etc. I don't play either of them, but somehow I know that. And I'm pretty sure I played Minecraft back in the day when it was owned by the little guy that started it. I say little, I have no idea if he's little, Uh, but before (laughs) Microsoft bought it, it was, it was cool because it was like Lego short person playing with Lego at a video game. It was brilliant. No, no, no. I I just said little because he's tiny compared to Microsoft, but I realized that that didn't play out well. (laughs) You said, I don't know if he's actually little. No, I I don't. That's why it was a terrible descriptor. I was basically apologizing. Sorry. Uh, The last one, last two, (laughs) Grand Theft Auto and Fortnite. I had somebody ask me this week on, uh, on um, Zoom. So I'm, this is somebody I work with like almost every day. And they had heard I was a relatively large person, I guess. Large is maybe not the right word, but I guess tall. I don't know. They heard I was big. And 
somebody told him I was seven two, I guess as a joke. And then, then he was like, are you, I heard you're like seven two. Are you really seven two? <laughs> it's just so such a weird world that we live in, right? Because everyone looks the same size and I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's no, weird. that's, uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have, I mean, no, the, it's that whole online personality. You're so far disconnected that who, who are you to not believe when somebody says, Oh yeah, I met Aaron and he's, he's the tallest person in the world, right. but he doesn't like to share it. So he's not in any books. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that might be a stretch, but you get my point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was just, it was just a weird reflection on, yeah. you know, this person that I feel like I know because we are on calls hours every week. Right. But we had no real concept of like real basic things that you would yeah. gather about somebody if you met somebody in person. That's all. Jeez. Anyway. Yeah. I, I 100% work from home. Boo. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. All right. What else we got? You <laughs> put something in here. Quantum device performs yeah, 2.6. This, this is good yeah. too because it, it comes back to those crazy numbers that we talk about. So so this one, I got really excited when I saw it. Um, the, the title of the article that I read, it says quantum device per- performs 2.6 billion years of computation in four minutes. So one, that's that's a pretty cool thing. But it, it is, uh, it's another released um, sort of scientific research paper that says that they've reached um, quantum supremacy. Quantum supremacy being a, well, I assumed from reading the title that it was a quantum computer that outperforms a traditional computer because that's generally what they're talking about when they talk about quantum supremacy. It's just this equation. We validated that a quantum computer outperformed a a classical computer. Google had one of these using a qubit uh, quantum computer earlier this year, if I remember correctly. Um, This is a a Chinese research group that did it. And what it got me really excited at first just because it was cool to see it. There's a reason they say device, though. Um, so it, the, the device wording is, is actually really important here because it's not a computer. It solves one kind of problem, um, which is less awesome, but still really cool. Um, and it, it solves something I'm actually not intimately familiar with. It's, uh, it's specifically solving something called the, the Gaussian boson sampling, um, which I, I, I just assume is it, it helps to be able to test a gajillion things at one time, which is effectively what they said. What is really cool about this is that it uses a new kind of quantum computing methodology or or a, maybe a different kind. I don't know how new it is. It's called optical quantum, uh, linear optical quantum computing. So it uses a bunch of beam splitters and it lasers, uses super say positions. it, lasers. Lasers. The article starts with, I'm a great believer in solving problems with lasers. <laughs> lasers. Yes, <laughs> sign me up. It uses a bunch of lasers. It creates photons repeatably. It uses those photons to to uh, basically create the um, the entanglement, and then they can do all the quantum stuff that you get with uh, superposition and all that stuff. But they 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 can do it without some of the really well. It still requires crazy temperature control. It still has to be really precise. But they think it scales better because it's easier, quote unquote, than building you know quantum qubits. And then there's another one which I've already forgotten, but um, I got I got really excited about this because even if it's just a device, like a a quantum computational system that only does one kind of computation, that's basically the premise for FPGAs and ASICs. So my brain yeah. immediately ran down the path of putting together like a, a GAN using an ASIC built on this quantum system that can do. 2.6 billion years of computation in four minutes. This is how we get Skynet. 
<laughs> this is absolutely where it starts. But but seriously, like I, I got excited about the technology because you look at quantum computing, you realize what it's capable of. You look at what's happening in AI and ML, right? And when these fields converge and we can do billions of years of computation, assuming that there is an advantage advantage, and we can get quantum supremacy for those kinds of calculations, I guess, fingers crossed, minus the Skynet thing. Um, and you throw it at something like AI, like, they will be able to produce full-blown neural networks in seconds, years of development in minutes. Just that's awesome, dude. I'm gonna tweet that one out. Yeah, I, I think is. I did lately from the, the uh, or yesterday. Oh, okay. But, I just sent it out. I, but no, it's the, fine. Uh, the the TBP um, uh, Twitter handle. Oh, that would be that would be so good. If you're, yeah, if you're looking to see or read what Tyler is talking about, it is it is a very interesting looking article. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah, and if you're some- if you're interested at all at how like how a quantum system works, uh, ours again, I, I always throw them out. They go deep on this stuff, and it's it's really really quite cool. Yeah, like fourth paragraph in, it talks about shining a light on a mirror that's fifty percent reflective, the beam splitter, right? Half the light will be transmitted, half reflective. They talk about bringing the light intensity low enough to where only a single photon is present. So it gets into some really cool concepts. Go check yep. it out. It's neat, it's man. Nice. It is That's neat. Awesome. I, quantum computing is crazy. It's uh, it's going to be my. I think in our lifetime, it will be something that is absolutely a game changer in a lot of spaces. And like I said, yeah. it's going to be neat when you have stuff like AIML. When you look at protein folding and uh, some of the advantages that we're coming to in the medical space, so you pair all that stuff together, and it it is just going to take off more than it already has, which is yeah. mind blowing, right? For sure. Okay, uh, let me jump to some electric vehicle takeoff and landing um, news here. I don't know if, if anyone out there follows that. I, it's something I'm kind of excited about or just at least intrigued by. There was an article yesterday, Uber sold off its, quote, flying taxi business to Joby Aviation. Joby Aviation is another, just one of the, if you just think about like really large drones that humans could get in and fly around, a lot of the, uh, you know, these, these, um, EVTOLs, right? I don't know how you would actually say that. I don't know if, if the industry pronounces that. I'm just reading it everywhere. I need to actually go watch like an event or something. But um, the, a, a lot of the companies are building ones that essentially look like that. Some of them have wings. But anyway, um, if you were following that and watching what Uber was doing, they ended up selling off this business. But um, they're also investing $75 million into Joby as part of the deal. So just kind of, I guess, letting them handle it and move it forward. I don't know if yeah. maybe Uber was having some, some potential challenges there. I it wasn't feasible. I, I yeah. mean, I think that's a little disappointing, right? Cause you see a name like Uber, just the, if nothing else, they're prominent in the news. They're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're not profitable, but there's plenty of money moving around. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that isn't a shot at how feasible, you know, electric or yeah, flying taxis in general are. Yeah. Because I want it. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, did I say that right? Electric vertical takeoff and landing? For some reason. My uh, well, I'm not familiar with where is it. It looks like it. Is that? Yeah. Well, I don't think it's in, I don't think it's in this article, but yeah, that's what it is. I, I thought they were electric, but I, I'm, I'm seeing your screen and I don't see it talking about it, them being electric, yeah. but yeah. it definitely is a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle. It's a drone. 
Yeah, yeah. I just my brain told me that I said it wrong the first time that I said something right. else for E instead of electric. Anyway, I don't think so. Um, so little moves in this industry here and there. Um, nothing major. I've reached out to several of them trying to bring them on the show. Nobody's responsive at all. Like, you know, go hit them up on Twitter DMs or email them or whatever, get nothing. I would love for one of them to come on the show. Uh invited Kitty Hawk a few times. I reached out to Joby as well. Um, but now they're in the news, so maybe that's some of that's going to get lost in the shuffle too. I, I'll reach out again. But anyway, time to market on some of these. So Joby specifically, the company says it plans to get FAA certification for its aircraft in 2023. Wow. So, that's right around the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Not too many years away. Should start seeing some of this kind of stuff, but it's going to introduce a lot of new things, right? I mean, air traffic control problems. Uh, there's be a lot of laws, a lot of regulations around, you know, can you fly these into neighborhoods or what does this look like? And then simultaneously, you know, you're seeing the drone delivery stuff happen with companies and yeah. they're trying to, there's some innovation around how do we, so for construction companies building new houses, how do you build houses of the future that have essentially landing pads for drones for delivery, right? That'd be great. Especially for, like think about yeah. package theft. If you could just drop right. it down a chute in your roof. Well, that's, that is, dude, zone. Did you read the article? No. Because literally, the, the, some of the comments were, um, you know, you design a house that has a chimney, a quote yeah. chimney. It doesn't have a fireplace, yeah, but that's the, that's the package shoot. delivery device. I'm yeah, immediately imagining every movie where people escape large buildings by jumping down laundry chutes that end up in mail rooms. So I guess <laughs> right? Mail chutes in that case. But <laughs> yeah, well, there's other, there's other concepts of like, um, think about a garage door kind of thing on your slanted yeah, roof, right? Where the door sure. just slides up and the drone can land and drop the package off and leave, right? I mean, sign me up. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I want that. Type stuff. I want that in my or, life. Or like for your mailbox. I mean, it, it, people live in all kinds of different homes, right? Um, or no, they don't. population densities and all this. Just kidding. Well, yeah, they we do. Right? <laughs> we got to solve for you know, um, I mean, obviously, like kind of a normal neighborhood or um, you know, uh, stacks of apartment buildings downtown, all kinds of stuff, right? Like, do you have a do you have a landing pad that hangs off of your balcony? Right. And what does this look like then too? Do you have delivery trucks that drive to a neighborhood where there are, you know, very dense population drones launch out of the top of the van and then they fly directly to the balcony and drop it off. It was getting, it was showing all kinds of crazy stuff. Or do you have there's, like, there's going to be so much weird stuff that comes from this. I, I've said it before dude. and I hope, I hope it well, plays there's a out blimp one but- too. Like a blimp will fly over like a neighborhood and drop drones and hey, they'll, they'll just kind of come down like noise, aliens. If nothing else. Of- yeah, they'll come down I mean, like aliens out of Independence Day, you know? I get that. It, I think it might be an eyesore <laughs> to have, you know, blimps floating around all over the place. But I, I'll take that over the noise you'd expect from a six-rotor helicopter, basically. So I, I can I can see where this stuff goes. I, I just hope Well, the six-rotor helicopters failures, will be happening, too. That'll be the well, personal... I, I know that. I'm just, that's going <laughs> yeah. to be annoying is all get out. Like, I'm, I'm going to be that guy who keeps getting crazy drone deliveries and my neighbors are like every day dude every day it's <laughs> yeah, so yeah. loud i'll be like yeah but i need that thing one more usb i had to order a charger because my phone didn't come with one dude it'll be your lunch delivery i mean that was the, that was the concept you have you have an app that you just deliver your cheeseburger you know hold the onions this time Jeez. add crinkle fries and then boom your burger's here in 45 minutes being delivered by a drone well let's let's hope that we make those advances in battery tech 
happen faster. I actually had an article. I did not link this in the show notes, so good luck finding it. But um, every once in a while in like futurology sort of subreddits and things like that, I'll run into um, sodium batteries, which I am not at all familiar with. But um, the uh, apparently some major advantages to sodium-based batteries as opposed to like some of the cobalts and things like that or uh, lithium, right? Lithium is a fairly rare earth element. Um, sodium batteries, uh, there was a research article I read recently that basically said they had confirmed that they could produce a sodium battery capable of being recharged and discharged 10,000 times and maintain 91% of its original capacity, Whoa! which, which is crazy. And, and it was funny too reding the comments because some people got, they got all feisty like, that's insufficient. You know, we can, you know, blah, blah, blah. And somebody was like, realize that if, if this scales, which is the problem with most of these technologies is that we don't yeah. know how to produce them at scale yet, 10,000 recharges and still having 91% of your capacity means you could charge your car, as an example, I don't know, an electric one maybe, once a day for something like 27 years. Yeah. That's and, insane. And you yeah, still have 91% of the capacity when you got to right. the end of that. Like that, that is a huge move forward. So 10,000 10, isn't as big as the number of combinations for a deck of cards, <laughs> but it's still a big number. <laughs> exactly. Still a big number. Exactly. So it's, I, I don't know, stuff like that, I think is when we'll see this happen a little bit better. Um, I still think noise is going to be a huge problem for the drone delivery stuff. Um, but maybe maybe one of the more interesting solutions here, and the price will have to go down precipitously for this to happen, but would be deliveries to rural areas. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've got family that's out in farmland up in the Northeast, yeah. basically. And uh, the concept of like two-day delivery or same-day delivery from Amazon is completely foreign to them. Right. Whereas, you know, I order stuff and it's shown up in an hour before. Like this is yeah. not normal or not unnormal in uh, No, when you live that BFW. far out, not only is it not two-day, <laughs> but it also doesn't come to your house. They deliver it to <laughs> right. the local, seriously, they deliver it to the local yeah. post office. You have to drive to the post office. Right. And if drones get cheap enough, uh, it, they can, especially because as the crow flies might be totally reasonable from a distribution center, then they could actually have quick deliveries out at the edge, which I would imagine increases the likelihood that they're actually buying from places like Amazon. So Amazon mm. may invest in something like that as an example, but I'm sure it's just an economics case at that point. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, that what else? Should we talk about anything else or shut it down? I, mean, I got, I got one. I, somebody shared this with me yesterday or yeah, yesterday, this morning. I don't remember. Um, anyways, it was uh P Keeler and, um, <laughs> engaging data.com. They have a retirement calculator, which I totally nerd out on retirement calculators. It's just, I don't know. I like to test where savings is going to put me in a certain amount of time playing with safe withdrawal rates and all that stuff. Uh, highly recommend you, you toy around with this, but, um, it has a calculator that is basically titled rich, broke, or dead. So it's a little bit morbid, um, but it basically says you, you can put in your spending per year, savings effectively, the, the age you're going to retirement at, how long you're going to be in retirement. So that's an estimate of how, how long you think your pile of money is going to need to last. And it shows you a graph that tests, I'm sure back tests against uh, you know, market performance at any given time. And it gives you a statistical distribution of 5Xing your nest egg, 2Xing your nest egg, just maintaining your balance, having money at all. So just making it all the way through the end of the age and or being dead or broke. So if you put <laughs> Wait, in the wrong numbers, it's is it a, pretty depressing. Yeah, is I'll it a link? It yeah, tweet yeah. it from the TBP 
thing or whatever, or from yours and tag it or whatever. No, it's I, okay. I think I'd love to start doing that. I don't know. Yeah, just making it. That's a good idea. This? Yeah, as we as we talk about these things, should we just go and tweet out the the articles from the account? I think it's a good idea. Uh, that's channeling our our inner uh, Paul Bererin, right? Because he's yeah. done better show notes than we've ever done. The oh my gosh! He's come on with he's us. He's the pro. He's the he best. Is, he is. Show he's notes. off the charts. It's insane. <laughs> Referencing and linking and tying things. I mean, it's just he's he's incredible. And we know because yeah, I want to see that. It's just a lot of time. No, it's crazy. Box, and, and it's it's funny. Is there a box to fill right. in how many times you've had cancer previously? No, that to would change be your death odds. Fairly rare, there, buddy. But that's a good point. I don't think you want to see that. Do you really like check no, the box the and watch that gray that yeah. gray area? Just like no, already, <laughs> no, dude. My mindset is like at this point, every day is a bonus day. I'm I'm playing oh, in overtime awesome. right now, so game could end at any minute. Yep. I can't imagine that. We should play more Destiny. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's cool. That'll be interesting to see. Uh, one other thing I did want to call out, um, Curtis Bunker sends us stuff all the stinking time. And I, it's it's awesome. I, I learned stuff from it. I also, which is what I really enjoy about it, but I also appreciate the extra perspectives and somebody else actually out there finding other things, pointing us to, uh, to, to new things. Unfortunately, we don't ever get to cover uh, all of them, right? But I did yeah. I try to pull some of them in as much as I can. The one he shared yesterday, how artificial intelligence could widen the gap between rich and poor nations. Um, it's a pretty interesting thought exercise. I don't know that we have time to get into this article, um, but I want to go, uh, I certainly want to um, tweet this out, right? Y'all go check it out. But the uh, the concept of robots replacing um, replacing uh, wage workers, right? And, and, and wages in general, and what does this look like? And how, do, how does automation and AI affect developed countries versus uh, underdeveloped countries, right? And the, the difference in effect. And the, from the, the top of the article, it basically just says it's going to essentially widen the gap. Now, the article says rich and poor nations, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's the concept. So it's really, uh, yeah. really interesting well, to look into. Wealth distribution stuff like that is always really interesting, but a lot of it is is also speculative. Not to say that it's going to be wrong. That's not what I'm implying. But um, uh, I think I mentioned it before. But the, there's a book. I think it was Stephen Pinkner, right? Um, Enlightenment Now. And one of the one of the things he pointed out, uh, you know, which is well tested historically, is that anything that happens that um, basically drags up the bottom is ultimately going to support uh, a better future globally. So hopefully the disparity doesn't actually cause grief at the, at the bottom of the income spectrum uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would guess things like AI and ML, uh, we, may, we may have to address it with policy is, is I think kind of where these conversations are, are being started, right? But um, I hope and I expect that they will sort of raise all boats, right? Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's that's uh, how I take it, it may, as well. It right? may take it, it, but it, it may literally take sort of geopolitical policy to make that true, as opposed yeah. to orphaning, you know, people from jobs and, yeah. and making the robots take over. Right. I think that's dystopian, but it's not unreasonable to at least have the conversation, right? Yeah. Before you end it as well, can I defend myself for two seconds? Because I think I talked about aliens for like 30 seconds in the last episode. And you and nope. Russ, you and Russ thought I was like off my rocker. Crazy. 
<laughs> and then I get there's 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 tweets out there about you know don't make this next episode all about aliens. So I was like, it's thirty seconds out of, out of like, oh my gosh. Did you ever no, no, look no, into it? Keep talking about it. I started a timer. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect opportunity for uh, for my first soundboard button. Here you go. Are you done? Are, are you done? <laughs> I should have pulled up a soundboard on my side. Yes, dude, put a soundboard on your side. <laughs> oh man, well, we can't share at the same time though. We'd have to. Oh, that's we'd right. Have to well, we could take we're, we're playing with a new new platform, and by new I mean back to the old. We we've been playing a ZenCaster for a while, and it has uh, it has given us some grief in different places, and not been at good, as good at what we thought it would be from separate audio streams. So we uh, we tried Zoom again today, and one of the advantages of Zoom we found is that you can easily share your computer audio through the the settings. So um, we're gonna toy with soundboards, and Aaron is very excited about this. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but ever since I was little, I've loved these little sound clips. So when I first started um, getting into computers, I would take audio file, like music, um, songs, and I would cut in, I would splice in clips like these throughout a song. And I wish I still had some copies of some of those. Like, I mean, there was one song I remember by Tom Petty that I remember taking all of these. I mean, it, I was basically like memeing songs before that concept <laughs> existed. And I was dropping You're in so sound advanced. bites from movies. And no, that's not what I'm trying to say, but that, that's what I was doing. That's what I was doing. I, I remember it really, them. It was, it was ahead of its time. Yeah, it was, it was kind of weird. But anyway. I have spoken. <laughs> A little Mandalorian thing. Did you see? Sorry, we're way off the track here. But did you see the the last episode of Mandalorian? I haven't. No, I'm behind. Dude. I'm I'm quite behind. It's not something that my wife watches, and when we watch TV, oh, which doesn't man. happen all yeah. that often, okay, no, uh, I we watch it. together. So I don't. I, these days, we don't really have cause to not be together at night. Watch it with so. the family. Has she I, not tried? Has she seen any of them? She, my she daughters really, love it. This is sacrilege, but she doesn't really care for Star Wars at all. Don't pitch it as Star Wars. I didn't. She mm, she can she tell. It's the whole ecosystem. I you know I might actually be able to get her to watch it because we just finished watching Justified. It's been like our show for the that? last two years. That? Justified is a great. Uh, I don't know what you call it. It's like a modern western, basically. Oh, but, I thought it was like a movie documentary of Justin Timberlake's album. Anyway, sure. Don't ask me how I know that. I not going to. <laughs> 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 anyways the lead actor in that whose name i already forgot um i thought was the mandalorian in the mandalorian and yeah. then i realized it was that guy from game of thrones who got crushed by the mountain and um uh but he showed up in the show so i'm going to try to use him as the common thread to bring her into the mandalorian because he Perfect showed up button here two. here you go that's the Inception yep. sound. Nailed it. I, but before that, because together. he's also the lead actor in Deadwood, I'm going to try to get her, watch her, dead, watch her get her to watch Deadwood because Deadwood is amazing. And okay, uh, fine. It, it just had a slow start. So if you don't watch, at least go watch the, um, at least go watch that that episode. I will. I will one. try the first the first uh, ten minutes. Just watch the first. Well, 10 I think minutes. I'm only two be behind. I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to mess this up for me. Oh, you're only two behind. 
I think so. Okay, you made it I sound like you don't like... watch the show at all. No, no, no. I totally watch the show. I oh, just, okay. it just take, it's hard to find time to do it. I'll check I have then. to stay up till one o'clock in the morning and decide that watching TV is a good use of that time for that okay. to happen. So, <laughs> well, I'll chill out then. I was I was feeling like I had something to sell you on actually. No, 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 no. I'm I'm on season two. I think I've watched season, episode one and two, perhaps. Okay. Um, so because I feel like I'm it's not... part of your job description. Like you have to <laughs> keep keeping up with the Mandalorian. I like those odds. <laughs> I got to cut you off. <laughs> yep. End it. Let's get out of here. All right. That brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to close. Thanks for listening, y'all. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting us on Patreon. If you do, for the few that are out there, we love you. You're amazing. And we will talk to you on Friday. Hopefully, we'll have the whole team back together. <laughs> Uh, it's over. Oh my. It's over. Bye. <laughs> Later.